And we are live, according to the notification I just got on my cell phone, the Working Tools Podcast is now live. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation about Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodges or Craft Lodges or concordant bodies, etc., we please connect with us and ask us questions either here in the YouTube chat or on the chat room on the side of our Facebook page or on a Discord server. Um, oh, and if you enjoy our show, please review us. Remember, on YouTube, reviews make a big uh, difference in our ratings. So uh, <clears throat> we appreciate the like and the review if you could uh, do that. Podcast land, it's important. Now, I'm one of your co-hosts, Stephen Chung. I'm a decorated senior Demolaya past master of Prince Charles Lodge number 153 here in B-E-A-U-tiful, British Columbia. And um, I'm also a 32nd degree Scottish Rite and a past vice piece of Grand Master in the Valley of Vernon. Uh, with me today is a uh, very worshipful brother, David Colbeth. And... Um, We'll hand that over. So, uh, or actually, no, we got uh, also Connor Massey is with us. He's back. He's he's at least able to join us this week. We're we're glad to see you're healthy enough, and uh, uh, nice to have you back on the show, Connor. Um, you know, got a couple words for our guest. You've been absent. I have indeed. Thank you, my brother. It's good to be back. Uh, it's been a a wonderfully entertaining couple of months that I've been going through, but I'm glad that it's slowly starting to come to a conclusion and that I am at the very least able to be here in voice, if not in face. Um, my name, of course, is Connor Massey. I'm a Master Mason at, at Henderson Lodge number 84 in Victoria, B.C., as well as Asher Lodge number 3 in uh, Nanaimo, British Columbia. I'm also a founding member of... Legacy Lodge, UD, in Vancouver, British Columbia. Concordantly, I'm a decorated senior DMLA. I'm a member of the Royal Arch, and I am a member of the Order of the Secret Monitor. And I also have some time in there to run a little podcast with uh, you lovely people. Now, with that said, we also have the illustrious, very worshipful Dave Colbus. Why don't I pass that on to him? Thanks, Connor. Appreciate it. Glad to have you back on the show, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to see you in person, too, and not just to hear your great voice. Uh, I'm, I'm Dave Colbeth, uh, past master of King Solomon Lodge number 60 in Auburn, Washington, uh, past district deputy grandmaster for District 13, and a 32nd degree member of the Tacoma Valley of Scottish Rite. Uh, I also volunteer my time with the Demolay chapter locally in Rainbow for Girls, where my daughter just became a new Rainbow Girl. Matter of fact, she just had the opportunity to be part of an initiation last Friday with her two little girlfriends. She was so excited to be part of that. And uh, also serve on several Grand Lodge committees and other things. And uh, of course, this awesome podcast. So uh, we're looking forward to, we just had, we're going to talk about Grand Lodge today. And at our annual communication, I ran into one of my very worshipful fellow compatriots, uh, Matt Apple, and very worshipful Matt Apple. And so he is, we talked about the show and He's always secretly wanted to be part of a, of a podcast show. And so I said, hey, why don't you come and join us on Monday? And so uh, I'll, let, I'll turn it over to him if you want to unmute your microphone. There you go. And uh, we'll turn it over to you, Matt. Uh, well, thank you. Um, I'm Matt Apple. I'm the 
Past master of uh, what was then Robert Burns Lodge, number 243, is now uh, Mill Creek Lodge since we merged. And we are a, uh, I'm also the district deputy currently of District 2 uh, in here in Washington. And um, actually, I'm the secretary also of my lodge, so I'm a, a two-time loser here. <laughs> uh, my daughter is actually in Rainbow, too, I, since you mentioned that. Uh, she's up here in, in Edmonds. And I'm a member of the, Ed, the Everett Valley of Scottish Rite. Excellent. Well, there were uh, several girls that came down and helped with the initiation. They were down from uh, Bellevue and Bothell and up from Tacoma. And all, there's a lot of stuff happening around the U.S. All these uh, grand assemblies are happening right now. And so there's a lot of girls traveling. And so we needed to have some help. And they did really great. So I appreciate all that help out. Yeah, it's kind of like Lodge. And when you send out the call that you need help, the, the girls come running. So, hey, Connor and Steve, before I forget, I didn't remember that it was District 2, and uh, our, our Lodge Leadership Retreat, which was, used to be called our Wardens Conference, which is, uh, I guess, now nationally known for its training, uh, was sponsored or spurred from the, the genius of District 2's uh, uh, deacons and stewards training. And so maybe at some point we can get uh, the District 2 uh, leadership team on our show and uh, maybe Matt can grill them on uh, what District 2 is doing secretly up there to encourage their officers and training. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So uh, this week's podcast, guys, our topic for this week's podcast is a review of the two most recent Grand Lodges in the last couple of weeks for our listeners' benefits. We uh, had uh, two weeks ago, the Grand Lodge of Washington uh, happened, and then this past weekend, the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in Yukon. And uh, Connor and I were uh, were quite excited because we had an official visit from our Grand Master, uh, and now past Grand Master, to uh, come and do run podcast stuff all over the uh, the halls of the hotel at Grand Lodge. And um, so we did some really cool things this weekend, excited to talk about it. And, and then, of course, uh, two weeks ago, you had Grand Lodge of Washington. Did you guys, uh, mo both, were both of you there? Sure were. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I guess you would have just been installed then, wouldn't you, Matthew? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is actually my second year here. We do the, the deputies are for two years usually. So, yeah, they reinstalled me as deputy. Fantastic. Two years. That's good. And, you know, you get the, um, you know, first year under the belt, you're always ready to do things by the second time around, right? Exactly. Eventually I figure out what I'm doing. So good planning, good planning. So, um, uh, I guess the really cool part that, that Connor and I get to sh get to share is, is about the podcast. Um, you know, yeah, it was really cool to be able to do interviews. We got to interview, the uh, big wigs of, uh, of our Grand Lodge, and we got to interview um, the Grand Master of Alaska. Uh, no, in, well, I would say interviewer. The, when it comes to the Grand Master of Alaska, interview is not necessarily the right word. <laughs> we, yeah, sat yeah. There, we sat there and basked in his presence as he went on and told us all about his life story. It was one of the most incredible experiences that I've had thus far in masonry. It, it, it was so cool, and it ran almost an hour that we're going to run a whole half-hour episode just with him as a, his own interview. Uh, all the other ones there we kept pretty short, and uh, uh, so we're going to do a, a collage of the Grand Lodge, 
And then if I understand correctly, a separate one that's just going to be um, uh, the Grand Master from Alaska. And I, I'm sure Connor's going to include a couple of his comments into the uh, a couple minutes of him in the other one as well, because he was a big part of our Grand Lodge. He, he got up and spoke very, very well there. And um, uh, he like he he really enjoyed himself. Uh, our hospitality suites were uh, great social events. And that's where we got to go and recruit our, uh, our, our interviewees. We just plucked them right out of their uh, social environment, took them to our suite and uh, where Connor uh, interviewed them all. And um, I'd, I'd go and get the next one while he was interviewing. That was the plan, right? Um, and so that was all really cool. Looking forward to that. But most importantly, like I said, more, more exciting than even that was the fact that our Grand Lodge started off with big praise for the Working Tools podcast um, from our current Grand Master. And that was awesome. Uh, we really loved the plugs we got all weekend. Most, uh, several of the dignitaries that got up and spoke, spoke about it uh, and a couple times in length. Right. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, very good. yeah, if I remember correctly, when the committee to review the Grand Master's uh, uh, remarks uh, went up and started speaking, uh, they had actually said that uh, they were in support of the podcast, which means that, uh, to my knowledge, at least three most worshipful past Grand Masters of British Columbia and Yukon are, are in favor of, uh, of what we do here. So that was pretty exciting. That's great. Uh, we, we were able to uh, to send a message that during at the end of our sessions, the uh, senior grand warden uh, delivers announcements and things that are happening. And so I was able to slip in a little announcement to him and uh, get that information out about the podcast. And that's actually how Matt connected with me. He, he, really, he saw here that we were doing the show and and uh, had several guys come up afterwards and say, hey, I didn't realize you're doing the show. And uh, So they were pretty excited about that. Yeah, apparently we were a little shy on our business cards. Uh, they didn't have enough to put into all the registration bags. We had, they had 100 more registrants than they anticipatedly told me. And so, uh, but well, we did. Have. Oh, you're the podcast guy. You're the podcast guy. So, you know, that was pretty cool, right? Oh, we saw those and think, yep. Oh, that's you. Yeah, that was really cool too. So uh, we, we, I think, made quite the impact in our jurisdiction. Uh, at Grand Lodge, wouldn't you say, Connor? Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, um, it was it was really interesting. I was uh, <clears throat> I was in Lodge Southern Cross's uh, hospitality suite, and someone came up to me and said, "I know you." And I'm like, "All right, Lodge Southern Cross. This is like Demolay Central." So I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a past provincial master counselor of BC Demolay." And he said, "No, it's not that. I I don't know much about Demolay, but." Uh, Oh yeah, you're you're on the podcast. It was really it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, the, one of the first guys we got to interview was the uh, current potentate of the shrine, and uh, uh, he was quite excited to come on and, and share his thoughts and and uh, and comments. It was awesome. Uh, I totally enjoyed that. Um, what about you guys in your grand lodge? What were the memorable moments for you guys? But I was going to say, when, when you're ready to have those Alaska Grandmaster come and speak, uh, I know two of the past Grandmasters personally, most virtual John Bishop actually is a member locally, 
uh, past master of our local Des Moines Lodge 245 and now past grand master, of course, and, and I know him. And then Dave Worrell, of course, is the uh, past grand master and also uh, SGIG, basically, of uh, Scottish Rite in Alaska. So he's also a friend of ours. And so if you get if you get more than one Alaska guy though on the show, I think you you might have to have some moderation going on there. So, well, <laughs> you know maybe maybe that would be something to do for uh, have you as moderator for that one, David, because we did ask him and he's willing to come back and do a, a podcast episode with us. Um, and so you know maybe we get a couple of those, like you say, that'd be a good episode. Are we, I don't know. Do is there a sensor button for John? Or most wonderful John, I have to have a sensor button. Right? Well, well, we do. I, I can mute anybody from the main <laughs> panel. <right? laughs> I have hand over that button. He's a right. And I and I think if I if I remember correctly, Connor can go back in and edit it out later. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. We only, See, we only lose that live moment. You guys, you guys all enjoy having the power of being the uh, moderator during the actual live recording. But let's be honest here. I'm like the secretary of this uh, podcast. I have all the real power. <laughs> well, you know, they say secretaries actually run everything. It's, it's true, guys. You know, for those of you who don't really know, yeah, Secretary of the Lodge runs everything pretty much. Matt, do you think that's really true? I don't know if secretaries really run it. I don't know about run, but uh, we certainly have a fair amount of influence. The and the uh, the uh, we have a, definitely a lot of influence over what gets recorded is what have it ha has happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet the uh, the secretary's power is really the knowledge because just nothing gets done without them properly. Yeah, I was master of my lodge twice before I figured out all the. And I never figured out all the stuff the secretary did until I was secretary. And, and yeah, right. It became all too apparent. Yeah. So, un unfortunately for our lives, we uh, had a change of sec two changes of secretaries and um, had a temporary one and whatnot. And then we got another one now, which is hopefully going to be a little more permanent. But um, our secretary was moving away. So we lost him. And um, consequently, we didn't get our, our deep. Uh, forms in and so we didn't get uh, recognized at Grand Lodge for having the long range planning even though we've done it the form never got sent in because the new guy didn't know right uh, yeah. or you know so um, if I always learned by error <laughs> definitely yeah if I can uh, jump in here for just a quick sec my brother um, we're talking we've been talking about some of the highlights of our Grand Lodge experience and uh, whilst we have the highlights of being the podcast just from being a freemason one of the biggest highlights that i have at grand lodge was this year at grand lodge the grand lodge of british columbia and yukon has uh, formally acknowledged the three grand lodges of bulgaria that will be the grand lodge of bulgaria the grand lodge of bulgaria ancient free and accepted masons and the ancient and accepted scottish right grand lodge of bulgaria so that was really really interesting to see that happen i got to meet all three of the grand masters of bulgaria and actually, during the barbecue on Friday or on Thursday night, I got to sit with them and have a long conversation with them. And uh, whilst I don't think I'll be able to afford to uh, fly out to Sofia, I have been invited to the conference of Grand Masters for Bulgaria in September. So that was pretty cool. And uh, at the very end of it, and I'll post up a photo on Facebook at some point, 
I was actually given a gift of some rose oil, which is a really popular uh, export of Bulgaria by one of the grandmasters. So that was really cool for me. That was definitely one of the highlights of my Grand Lodge from a non-podcast point of view. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Are you, are you, do, you have, do you all have uh, ambassadors or representatives to the different Grand Lodges? We have an ambassador team uh, that is a representative for each of the recognized or, or a list of recognized Grand Lodges. Does uh, BC have that? Yeah, we do. Uh, it's a it's a rep uh, it's a rep program that got shut down last year. They won't be doing any new ones. Those who are still currently doing it, they'll continue to do that. Um, but you know, from what I understand, the brethren who were reps, I mean, now they're kind of past the age of being able to do all that traveling. You know, when I mean, they got that uh, that position when they were actually active doing that stuff. And now that they're retired and not going anywhere doing anything, you know, the we don't have true communication going back and forth, right? So they squashed the program last Grand Lodge um, as far as not making any more new guys, right? Yeah, I understand that uh, just from talking to a couple of guys on the sidelines in, in our Grand Lodge that it's, the program for us is uh, not for us necessarily, but around in general is losing enthusiasm in different Grand Lodges and just sort of I guess when you can email somebody or find out what happened at Grand Lodge on, on the web, there's a little mm -hmm. less of a need to have that one-on-one -on -one communication. But I don't know. I kind of feel like you lose something when you do that. Yeah, I've heard, unfortunately, it's, it's the responses from the other representatives have been lackluster uh, and it's been difficult to, to to get responses from some jurisdictions, unfortunately. And I don't know if it's because of the idea that the Grand Lodges should only communicate secretary to secretary, grand secretary to grand secretary, or if it's some other uh, restriction, I don't know what the issue is on that representative field, but uh, I, but it, it sounds like a cool idea. And I know some people have had those experiences, like Connor mentioned, to be able to travel to the other countries or other states or other jurisdictions and, and be part of it. And uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it seems like a pretty cool idea, but yeah, I don't you know. That the idea of not being able to talk directly to each other, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, uh, was something, I don't know if Connor can talk a little bit about that or if we can bring that up or not. That was a concern about uh, of some folks on this podcast is because we're, we're crossing jurisdictional lines and, and talking about masonry, even, even us to BC, right? Washington to BC, and technically we're communicating. I don't think we're communicating officially, masonically, so I think we're okay, but uh, you know, it's in my opinion, people don't always listen to me. <laughs> we'll wait for the district deputy to bring the hammer down. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting because I've been, I, I'm friends with a lot of different grandmasters from all around the world. Like, uh, I chat with different grandmasters and different Freemasons from all around the world in England. Uh, in, in Alaska now, in America, and I guess now in Bulgaria. And while technically I'm not supposed to contact them directly, from my point of view, it's different to say, like, for instance, the Most Worshipful Grandmaster of New York's, New York State, Most Worshipful Bill Sardone, uh, is a friend of mine because he was the, he was the Grandmaster of Demolay when, when I was active. So I know him through there. And if I'm on Facebook and I see him and I send him a message like, oh, hey, Bill, how's it going? Hope you're having a great day. You know, that's one thing. But if I say, 
Hey, Bill, I'm coming to New York. Would it be possible if I come and sit and lodge with you? I think that's another thing. So I think when it comes to crossing Grand Lodge lines, it has a lot to do with intent. Like, if if I was to contact uh, contact the district deputy of District Number 2 in, in Washington, uh, not, not to name any names, but... Uh, but if I was to contact him and be like, hey, man, what's up? I'm going to be in town. Let's go for a cup of coffee. That would be one thing. But if I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. I'd like to come and sit and lodge with you. And I expect to be given grand honors up 15 million times because I run a podcast. Well, that's that's another thing, right? Does, does is like I, I, I'm I'm the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to Freemasonry. I've only been a member for a year and a half compared to the rest of you. But that's my opinion on that. And it may be completely wrong, but that's just how I feel about it. So when when I understand it is that when you're talking official Masonic business from lodge to lodge, you are supposed to communicate through the... Uh, grand lodges your secretary actually has to call it your grand lodge and get your sec- uh, get the, them to communicate downward the other way it's slower than turtle mail uh, snail mail is faster um, <clears throat> but it's the right way to do it when it's official lodge business when you're going to go visiting across uh, abroad you technically are supposed to follow that channel but however sometimes you don't know that you're going to so when you're going to go traveling the proper thing to do is to um, get a letter of introduction from your secretary uh, which will introduce you to any lodge and usually validate you um, because you should also have your dues card with you but nonetheless um, that's really at a minimum what you should be with is supposed to be done. Yeah, but it's not like if you uh, if you stop at a gas station and the guy next to you says, hey, you're a Mason, right? I'm a Mason in Pennsylvania. It's not like you go, no, sorry, can't talk to you right now. I, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the day two, two Masons find lack of discussion. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, boy, can you call my grand secretary while I'm pumping my gas and then I'll talk to you? Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's the, but it's, I don't know. When it's official business, then yeah, I see, you know, follow the process. But well, and as you mentioned, having a dues card or a letter of good standing, in theory, as part of our Masonic, at least in our ritual, it says that we're able to to travel. And so, uh, while I understand the respect, the idea of respect, and if you have the time and they have the response, if the Grand Lodges are willing to respond to formally request an invite. In theory, if I was in BC and just had some time and you could go to your lodge as a master Mason entitled to all the, uh, the entitled to all the, all the, um, all the, all, all the benefits <laughs> of the, of the worship garage, just what I'm trying to think. Uh, if all the benefits and rights and privileges, I should be able to travel and with my dues card and my letter of good standing, be able to visit a lodge. Wherever See, I if- Dave, if it was any other member of the Grand Lodge of Washington, yes, that would work. However, uh, we, I, I was speaking with our Grand Secretary, and he sent out a notice to all of the lodges that uh, Dave Colbeth isn't. Uh, he, he has to go through the long form. No, I'm, I'm completely joking. That's, that's my problem. I've been trying to figure out why I can't join. 
uh, we've been spreading the warnings around. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think you can only go to like the Grand Lodge of Jordan now. I think that's the only place that they don't know about you yet. I think I'm okay in the Yukon. I, I think the Yukon might be or not, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to let them know. So, uh, an, an interesting uh, vote that happened at our Grand Lodge this year was whether or not to drop the age of, of uh, membership to um, 19. And um, unfortunately, you know, when, when they post the, uh, the results, 51 to 49%, they tell us it needs a two thirds majority. Well, talk about taking the wind out of your sails. Right. It was like, hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the idea, I guess, um, that people generally have is that most people are not mature enough, not experienced enough um, by the time they're 19 to um, really, you know, make those decisions and and maybe conduct themselves appropriately uh and whatnot and it was like in two years is really going to make that much of a difference i don't know about that um however pretty cool thought was i think with um uh next year i'm going to propose um that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set it in motion and, and actually get the resolution to Grand Lodge for next year that we accept Demolay and uh, uh, Lewis at the age of 19. Um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, whether or not there's any benefit to being a Freemason. Well, at least there's one, right? You know, your, your, your son can follow your steps into Lodge uh, at the age of 19, um, where a normal layman would have to wait till the age of 21. I think, you know, that's kind of cool. And I, and I think that really a Demolay or a, a Lewis has been exposed to masonry enough to have a good understanding of the decision he's making to join a lodge. And would have proper guidance as to how to properly conduct himself uh, as an adult. Well, uh, what what does what does Washington do? Because I know that some of the American states do allow Lewis's or Demolay to join early. Um, I'm pretty so sure ours is just eighteen across the board. Just eighteen across the board. Yep. Interesting. And so when you say, when you say Lewis, you mean Lewis Jewell, a um, uh, uh, generational Mason? Yeah. Yeah. The son of a Mason. And so, do you guys have many 18-year-olds join in Washington? We had one in our lodge. We had a guy who was a um, he was a Demolay, but he was I think 19 when he joined, and uh, he was the youngest master of our lodge a few years after that. So, wow, right? I can't say we've had many though. At least not in our lodge. Right. Yeah, there seemed to be a big concern about that, and it was like, well, maybe they're just not ready for it yet. But I think the thing that, that we need to acknowledge is that this would be allowing lodges to do that if it had passed. Um, yeah, and, and I guess you know, that process of investigation would kind of identify how mature that person really is, right? And uh, to answer River Peatman's question, 
he said, so if I wanted to join Lodge when I'm 18, I could go to Washington. No, not technically, as if you lived in BC and you then tried to join a Lodge in Washington. I'm fairly certain that Washington would call BC and uh, let, let, let us know where there would be something to prevent you from, from joining a Lodge in another Grand Lodge jurisdiction from where you live. Well, in BC, you have to live in the jurisdiction for at least six months, be of lawful age, and come well recommended, right? So um, it's that six months that they have to live here. Uh, I, I don't know that it, it says anything about being, um, you know, a resident, you know, Canadian, you know what I mean? Because I can get an address in Washington and say, and say I've been there six months, but, you know, uh, I'm not you know, an American citizen. So does that uh, play into it in, in you guys' rules? Uh, the, the rule here is I think that you have to be a, a resident, like physically live in the state of Washington for six months. Um, I think it even says in the code that if you, like if you move here and you move, get your mail here, but you're actually, you go to whatever, Oregon logging, and then you come back that that time you're in Oregon doesn't count towards your residence here. You have to be actually in the, the state for six months. I, I'm pretty sure is the way it works. I, I'm hopefully not speaking too far out of turn. The um, and I think it even says in the code that you can require a longer period. That the lodge can require a longer period if they so desire. Yeah, I, ima I imagine that uh, um, you know those are minimums. I would say I would think, anyways. And these are just for being initiated. Like if you're already at, like Stephen and I could join a lodge in Washington if we wanted. Um, right, a mason in good standing. Yeah, but in order to be put through the degrees, these are the requirements. Right. right. And, so, and to answer, also to answer his question about being um, uh, Demolay and being a Mason at the same time, yes, we have several guys that are from you know 18, 19, 20, 20, just at 21 even, and get into Mason and become a Mason, even Master Masons, uh, and they're Demolay. They haven't aged out. They haven't gone out yet, but they are Masons as well. Um. So we've talked a lot about BC's Grand Lodge. Why don't we talk a little bit about Washington's Grand Lodge? What was some of the highlights for you, brethren? Well, I've got to say the hospitality rooms were very well attended this year. <laughs> uh, I did tell my wife already, and so it's not necessarily secret. I did sign a petition for the shrine. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yes, I was in their hospitality room. You'll, if if you understand, you'll get the connection. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they had a great time. Matter of fact, uh, two of, two of uh, some of my friends. Uh, he's current potentate, and uh, so we again, if you wanted to have the BC potentate and the Washington potentate on, that would be a fun event to do. And, I did suggest that, and he was into it. Yeah, right? that would be really cool. So we could actually arrange that. Now, we could also do a visit to the Shriners Hospital, either in Portland or in uh, in Spokane at some point, too. That would be kind of a fun on I'd come down for that. That would be wicked cool. Yeah, for we sure. Get, uh, we, should, we should try to get the Imperial Potentate to show his face, and we can interview him, too. Right. And I guess... You know, we forget that some people are not, some of our listeners are, are, are not Masons. And so maybe our um, host that's a district deputy grandmaster and all wise 
could enlighten our listeners and viewers as to what uh, a Grand Lodge communication actually is. Now, before he does that, I just want to ask a question here. Who, who is more wise, the sitting district deputy grandmaster or a past district deputy grandmaster? <laughs> there's there's hands coming from outside the I don't know where they keep from. And I'm pretty I'm pretty sure when it comes to anything that's Freemasonic, the past is considerably more wise, or at least more opinionated. Certainly in this case. The latter, the latter. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you what a past gets. Uh oh. All right, everyone run. Everyone hide. Uh, real master's gavel. Uh, past master's gavel. <laughs> oh! Yeah, the uh, Plinko. <laughs> but no, as far as what a, a grand, uh, grand Lodge communication is, we, well, here in Washington at least, different different jurisdictions do it differently, but here in Washington, it's an, an annual get-together of uh, representatives of all the lodges in Washington, and we we have a good time and have hospitality suites and that sort of good stuff. But we also vote on as a as you were guys were talking about earlier with the the uh, Lewis Jewel and and uh, excuse me the nineteen year old exception. The we uh, vote on changing the the bylaws and the rules of masonry to update them and in, in ways that people think they need to be changed. And some pass and some don't. And some things get thrown out from the floor and all sorts of crazy stuff happens. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's basically a statewide conference where we all get together and both have fun and do some business. And there's really cool things like grandmasters barbecues and the banquet is usually a big deal. The next night's banquet. And, but most importantly, I think the most important part of all grand lodges are the hospitality rooms not because of the content but because of the camaraderie that gets built in those rooms you know as you float from room to room and meet different people that's the whole social aspect of our fraternity right there meeting uh guys from other places uh and and finding out the differences um you know like uh at our Grand Lodge, you know, uh, as Connor said, he met he met uh, guys from other Grand Lodges. Well, you talk about Grand Lodge when you you know, and there and then they give references. And I've heard I heard overheard several conversations uh, from brethren in these rooms, and I thought you know that's that's pretty cool. I just sat back and I did the uh, I'm going to spectate, right? You know, me and my <clears throat> three fingers of scotch are going to spectate and, and watch people and I'm a good people watcher right and there was a lot of connecting going on and it was great to see you know um that to that to me is uh, is you know the better part of Grand Lodge yeah there are masons that I, I only have ever seen at Grand Lodge and and you know hey how you been and that sort of stuff and I've been going for I don't know 10 years or so and it I, I'm pretty sure all those guys are getting older and I don't, I don't know how it keeps happening to them because I know it's not happening to me. So. <laughs> you know, like um, here's a good question. Differences between grand lodges uh, at our grand lodge, a master Mason doesn't have a vote. 
past masters and the three principal officers of, of um, a current lodge have a right to vote. Is that the same in Washington? Yep. Yeah, it's the same here. The, all the past masters get a vote and the, the three principal officers or someone who's carrying their proxy. The right. three principal officers right. can give their proxy to someone else. Right. Yeah, same here. Do your past masters get a second vote if they're also a sitting officer? Yes, because it's like having the proxy. So ours don't. It, well, because ours don't anymore. They they say a single. If you're if you're a past master and you're a sitting officer, you only get a single vote. Um, I have um, brethren that yeah. No, last year. They were recycled past masters, and I was sitting with them, and they had the fob that had two votes, and I was a little jealous of that two-vote fob, right? You know, it's like, I want two votes, damn it, you know? And why don't I get two votes, right? Uh, because I was only worshipful master once, right? And I said, so if you're worshipful master six times, does that get you six votes? <laughs> no, but because they were also current, it's kind of like holding the proxy, so they got the two-vote fob. You guys have electronic voting? Yeah, you borrow. I think BC borrows our our fobs, don't you? you we oh, do. Or rents to not borrow. Yeah, I think you have to pay for them. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice. Because I, I think I think they were pretty 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 expensive to buy. District but. deputy, can you can you give them us for free next year, please? Um, I think that's totally over my pay grade. Yeah. But you have all the power. You're the district deputy. I I so you know someone asked me right after I became district deputy. Oh, what sort of powers do you have? The, my sole power is I have a phone. I can call dad and say, hey, something's going on here. That is the total of my power. <laughs> no, no power and all responsibility. That's what I used to say. Exactly. I will say there's other, I know there's other jurisdictions where at Grand Lodge, like each lodge gets one vote or only the sitting officers get a vote. There's, there, there are different schemes in different Grand Lodges. I, I don't know which ones are which, but I know that other ones do exist. Here's an interesting question. If I joined a lodge in Washington and I've been a past master of Henderson Lodge, I'm not yet, but say in five or six years, once I'm a past master of Henderson Lodge, if I was a member of a lodge in Washington and I came down to the Grand Lodge of Washington, would I have a vote being that I am technically a past master, but not a past master in Washington? We would never give you a vote, Connor. Well, I <laughs> But say say I was someone else. <laughs> no, you have to be a past master of a of a chartered lodge in Washington. It totally makes sense. To get the vote. So if, okay, if cool. you're going through the chairs, then yes, but not. Uh... I I don't think it's the same in 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 BC because one of my friends, who's actually been a past host here, Alan Balitho, uh, has never been a master in Washington or in in BC. He was a master in in um, in Australia. But he had a vote this weekend. Interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be, you know, past deputies do make mistakes. I, that, I, that's sacrilege there, my brother. <laughs> my understanding, though, is that when, when you go to register, you have to have, you're registering as part of your lodge. And so if you're, if you're, but I suppose you'd be marked as a past master, but it wouldn't be a past master of that lodge. Because if you're past master of several lodges, if I went up to Matt's lodge and was past master there, I wouldn't get two votes. I'd still only have a single vote as past master. So you have to be a past master of a Washington lodge, I'm pretty sure. 
So I'm looking up the, the code in the background while you guys were talking. And uh, it does say the members of the Grand Lodge shall consist of the following past masters of chartered lodges of this grand jurisdiction while members therein. Look at that. Look at that, deputy. Thank you very hey. much, brother. This is why we keep you around. Exactly. I can I can I can I can uh, search my PDF with the best of them. You're you're hired. Your your unpaid internship starts now. That's that's one, the, that's one of the default answers whenever a deputy has a question is what does the code say? Exactly. <laughs> I'll check and get back to you. Oh, oh no no in Washington it's a, we say what does the code say? Why don't you why don't you look it up and then get back with us? Encourage that master, usually master, not secretary, to to dig into the code and and get an understanding of what it's about. Well, don't they have that like PDF with them? I mean, if you check with some of the grandmasters walking around with these PD, these uh, 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 tablets, they say, "All right, here." The code is is available on PDF. Yes, uh, uh, the ritual is a whole other topic, and I, I'm not sure we're comfortable talking about voting items in our annual communication. But uh, I just I will say the idea of electronic ritual was a hot topic. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it was. I mean, oh, that's a very good. That, I mean, really, that's a very good topic on its own. I bet you we could have a whole podcast just on whether or not rituals should be electronic or not, right? Because it is. It's already there, right? I don't know what you're talking about, Stephen. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, la la la. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we printed the book, so we had to, you know, create the book somewhere, right? right? Not, it's not like the old presses of the uh, previous uh, centuries. Um, they're, they're talking about a distributed copy of it, not controlled by the Grand Lodge offices or something. Well, how do you give out a book? Well, in our... In our well, that's see, this is I, I agree, but it's it's in cipher, right? So they're talking about a, a electronic version of the cipher, even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I again, I, I'm not sure I'm ready to talk about some of these things on uh, the international <laughs> web here, but. <laughs> well, here, here's the way. I, here's the way I, I kind of had to come to terms with it because it, it was a real um, internal struggle. On, on the topic, you know, because I'm one of these guys, my wife has no idea what my ritual work is, but I hear from a lot of my brethren that their wives know it better than them because they're the ones who coach them. And it's like, you do what? Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh my God, you actually, they know you're, what? You know, it's like, I go for a walk, I go for a bike ride, I go for uh, my man cave in the garage. Um, you know, like, I go, I do my ritual work. I'll go down to the lodge hall and practice it just because, you know, my wife can't hear this stuff, you know? And um, yet, you can search on Google. Yes. And pretty much find pretty much everything, um, you know, without, uh, with except a few modes of recognition and, and uh, the important things, you know, uh, everything else seems to be there. So, you know, how. It's already out there, so it was like, okay, I guess I'm not the guy who's going to be the one letting it out on the internet. It's already there, so I kind of came to terms with it at that point, realizing that it was already there, um, and 
then I totally took advantage of that and digitized shit. And I made, you know, I, I had stuff to my candidates, you know, the night that they got raised, you know, uh, to the next degree, I had them work ready for them. I took uh, total control of that. Right. You know, because if it's already going to be there and we're going to take advantage of it, I'm going to, I'm going to like, just go with it. Right. You know? So I got a grandmaster saying it's digital. I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, the two lodges that I'm a member of, Master Lodge and Henderson Lodge, neither of our rituals are physical books. They're PDF, PDFs that get emailed to you once you're a Master Mason. Right. And the only reason I'm kind of, you know, well, not the only reason, but a big reason is, you know, if we were still doing it the way they were doing it from the olden days, it would take a guy two years to get through each degree. You know, a traveling sales guy would take him five years. I can just see, I can see Dave in the corner. He just looks scandalized. <laughs> what, what, what does, uh, what does your code say about that? Is your, is your, your, your constitutions, your code, does it say that you can have a digital version? Yeah. Yep. Yours doesn't yet. That, that was, that was one of the hot topics. Matt, I, I see Matt, you button keep going off and on. He wants to talk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cut, us, cut say, us off there, brother. <laughs> I, I will say I do. There's a, a Grand Lodge back east. I want to say Rhode Island, but one of the, the the smaller ones back east, that the state passed a law back during the Great Anti-Masonic Crisis in the 1800s that they um, their ritual has to be available for anyone who wants to see it. So like if you sort of show up at their Grand Lodge office and say, "Hey, I want to see your ritual," they're required to produce it and show it to you. So, wow. Well, and it, a few a few Grand Secretaries ago. Uh, we had a good discussion about the the ritual and ultimately just what we're talking about. What is the ritual for? The, the ritual is to learn. So, you know, we're not doing mouth to ear too much anymore. Sometimes that happens, but mouth to ear is kind of gone and in this digital age. And so what is the ritual for? And so a lot of people know my opinion about this. I think the ritual should be digital and in my opinion, clear text that because if it's if it's for learning, if it's to learn the ritual, then that's that would how why teach a guy or let a guy guess on words? Now, yeah, of course, of course our secrets and symbols and grips and things like that should all be secret. But it's all clear text here for my lodges. But then you'll get to uh, like one of the passwords or one of the modes of recognition, and they'll be just like the first letter dot 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 dot. CRs are even blank. They don't even show anything. It's just a blank in the, or underline or something in the book that says, you know, there's no even even hint as to what the word might be or the, or the token might be. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I've unfortunately seen a lot of newer Masons, especially newer officers that have memorized the wrong word here and there. And none of us that's, are perfect. But that's because you haven't got a proper mentorship program running in that lodge. If you had a proper mentorship program running in that lodge, pronunciation would be right. Understanding of what it is would be right. And somebody would be there to decode the dot, dot, dot for them. We yeah. got Steve on mentorship. Everyone hide. Yes. Well, <laughs> we spent an hour and a half last night on our long range, Grand Lodge long range planning team talking about that very topic. And so, I, or, or, or a piece of it was that very topic. So we, uh, we all have a lot, a long ways to go on that idea. But. Yeah, but you know, as long as everybody's working towards it or working towards improving it for for uh, 
those following in our footsteps. Uh, I, I think that's the important part to that. So um, I'll, I'll bet two things didn't, we're getting kind of close here. I'll bet two things didn't happen at your grand lodge this year that I can lay claim to. Okay. Uh, besides, besides me joining the shrine. Uh, one, uh, we were on the Brem we were in the city of Bremerton this year, which is a, a port city, and uh, one of our lodges, Daylight Lodge, and a few of their brothers brought a I don't know what was it a forty foot catamaran, and that was the, one of the hospitality areas. Uh, Sam Ali, I'll give a shout out to very worshipful Sam Ali if he happens to ever see this show. Uh, he and his crew brought this beautiful catamaran over, and wow, what a great experience that was, and. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it was it was very cool. I and mean, Sam always has the hookup. He's always got something. One year he wore wasn't it a camouflage tuxedo? I think it was a camouflage tuxedo. I believe so. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Sam is the man. He's a Sam Ali. It's hard to beat Sam. Uh, and uh, and the second thing, uh, as you're talking about dinners, we have a grandmaster's dinner, of course, and we have our fellowship dinner. We call it on the night, and then on the last night we have a secretary's dinner. And of course, they go through the motions and uh, the the voting process for secretary, the new secretary, the new uh, vice president is, uh, you know, they they open the nominations, vote, they nominate somebody, and then somebody closes immediately. There's no time for anybody to object. And our own very worshipful guest host is the new vice president of the secretaries association, so he'll be president next year. Yes, I'm the I'm the next sucker. Yes. Oh, is that an S on his forehead? Oh, that's <laughs> better anymore. I see. Okay. Yep. Straight, back, straight over me. Yep. <laughs> uh, too funny. Um, for those who know, because this is like an insider insight for future, we have Doug Collins agreed to be our regular co-host starting in September. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. It's going to be a lots of fun because um, Doug comes from the radio world, so it's he's now going to be you know have a face for radio on podcast, <laughs> and but, uh, what, you know what he, this also means is that we're going to have two past grandmasters, two di two district deputies, one past, one active, and then two nobodies. Right. <laughs> Connor, you're not a nobody. You've joined every order in the last 18 months that I can think. I've never heard of some of the things you've joined. <laughs> I'm not a member of Scottish Rite yet. I'm not a member of the Shrine. I'm a member of everything else, though. You know, he, he, he's um, um, active. Act that's, 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 good. that's a word for it. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, and, um, you know... <clears throat> I guess if you're gonna become a, 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 a you know a recluse hermit, um, Freemasonry is the best place to do that because you still get the social aspect, you still get the intellect, you know, and people like you pretty much everywhere you go. I will say that I'm the only other body I'm a member of is is Scottish Rite, and the uh, I don't honestly get to as many of those meetings as I would like to. I only get to a couple a year, but when I do show up, it's Matt, you're here. It's great to see you again. So if you show up to all the meetings, then they don't they don't they expect you, but Yeah, well once you once you become the past district deputy and you become, you know, the just a very worshipful guy, you know, who uh 
return to the ranks from which he rose. <laughs> um, you know, then maybe you can hang out in Scottish Red a little more because, um, you know, how things are a little different uh, in Scottish Red being every meeting is really much a degree, or at least that's the way it's done in our, our jurisdiction. Um, that's where your real learning in, in Scottish Rite is, is, is in sitting on the sidelines and, and partaking in a couple of those degrees. Um, one of the things I did when I freed myself up a little time as I joined into Scottish Rite was started taking a, a couple of small roles in a couple of the degrees, which I knew were strategically at certain points of the year. So I knew I could be there and force myself to go at least four times a year. Because, you know, I, I plan that, right, you know. And then, uh, yeah, once you're sitting there watching those degrees, it's it's uh, uh, that's the cool part of uh, Scottish Rite. So hopefully when you're not such a busy guy and, you know, all these other things you're doing, you know, you can enjoy some of that. Yeah, eventually the kids will go off to college and I'll have some free time. Right. Eventually I'll, I might even join Scottish Rite so then I know what the heck you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, you know, um, eventually. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get there. There's a couple bodies in between that I'm sure you're going to get busy with. Yeah, Cryptic <laughs> Rite, Knights Templar, Order of the Royal Ark Mariner, you know. Yeah. Two. Yeah, yeah, there's a few more to go. Got to right? finish up the York Rite before I, 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 I uh, go over to the to the dark side. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I waited until I was out of the East to join anything. I said, let me get through the chairs and get, get my Blue Lodge stuff taken care of and then and then consider joining. But I also don't forget my Blue Lodge. You know, I don't not. There's some guys that go through the chairs and then you never see them again. They're off in Scottish Rite or York Rite or, or the Shrine. And uh, I think that's disappointing. I think the guy, you need to, I call it dance with the one that brung you. I think you need to be part of the Blue Lodge and, and keep tied in there. Most definitely. You know, those guys who could become past masters and you never see them again, actually very disappointing in that sense, simply because that's when the lodge really can benefit from you more so than when you went through the offices. Because, you know, a guy's sick, a guy's had to work late. You can fill in here and there and do these things without a bunch of pressure because you've already been there and done that. You know the work already. And, and that's when your lodge really can, A, mostly benefit from you, and B, that's, they need you, man. So if you're out there and you're and you're going through the chairs, you know, plan on sticking around after. Don't plan on, you know, just disappearing. And I know a lot of past masters, you know, they get a little stressed out in their year because, you know, they gotta deal with all the all the stuff and chaos that may ensue in, in trying to get certain events together and things like that. And they get all stressed out about it. And then they're looking forward to the end of their year. And I think that's the worst attitude. A worshipful master can have and my my best uh, rec uh um, advice for either a worshipful master or a senior warden going into the position remember it's a job you got to do it for a year it's just your turn next year somebody else has to deal with all the things that blow up in the middle of uh, of nowhere and and it's their job and you're going to be a past master you're going to be sitting there don't worry about it. You do this and that, you know, so, you know, try not to have that. I want to run attitude. And it seems to be uh, changing some mindsets um, around here. So that's kind of good. I don't want to poke the bear like someone was saying earlier, but the, uh, 
the that's a great opportunity to be a part of the mentorship of, of the new guys too. And you, after you've been through the East and you're you, like you said, you're not getting those three a.m. phone calls anymore, and you now have the opportunity to to support the new guys. That's really important. Yeah, and the new guys, I mean, they do see our biggest benefit. Um, you know, there is a thought that came out of this weekend that I'm going to share with you guys because, um, you know, once I put it out there, nothing stops Stevie from making shit happen. Okay. You know how we give all these guys um, uh, pins for 20, 30, 40, 50 years of service? I think at 50, we give them jewels. But, you know, and half of these guys who come for these jewels, they haven't been in lodge in 20 years, right? Um, or 10 years, you know, and I learned an interesting statistic this weekend. If you can keep a master Mason or a Mason active for 10 years, he's a lifer after that. Right. And so why aren't we doing more small modes of recognition, you know, for small accomplishments and recognize the anniversaries of their, um, date they got initiated and do different little things like give $20 gift card for a guy. Uh, you know, he first big lecture he took on outside of an office chair, which is compulsory work. Right. Uh, so first bit of, uh, um, uh, you know, volunteer work in, in, in respect to, and things like that. And it's, um, it's just an idea and a concept and it needs a whole bunch of refining. But I talked to my worshipful master and, uh, uh, senior wardens and they seem to be uh, all into it. So it's going to be a really cool project uh, uh, for the fall to see if we can put some um, smaller uh, reward program in place that recognizes those guys that come and are active and participate year after year, right? Recognize them because they're the ones who are making it happen. Fantastic. I love the idea. Mm, Cool. I mean, unlike unlike you, I've I haven't been a member of Freemasonry for a hundred years, right there, Steve. Right, you know, and, and I tell you, man, all those jewels are like weighing me down. Right? Well, I um, mean, I was you you showed me your your Master Mason certificate at Grand Lodge this year, and it, I was quite interested to see who the Grand Master was on your on your certificate. It said uh, H dot Abyss. Uh, I, I don't particularly recognize that grandmaster, but I hear he was particularly good. <laughs> yeah, the long-haired hippie, I tell you, man. Yeah, uh, built, built, you. built some building. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The, um, yeah. No, I haven't uh, actually been a Mason long enough to get a pin, um, believe it or not, with all the things I've done and, uh, and, you know, I don't think I've missed, but a couple of meetings that I was sick for. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't got any pins. I think they should have a 10 and five year pin. I know they're, they're, they're not as grandiose as 50 and a hundred years, but uh-huh. you know, giving a Mason who's been active for five years, a pin is kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and you know, we want them to be active, so let's promote it and let's do things that promote activity, right? And uh, I'll let you guys know how that works out in the uh, Board of General Purpose and what kind of ideas uh, come from that. I'll, I'll do the follow-up. It won't be until the fall, though. Fair enough. Alrighty then, my brothers. I think that uh, unless there's anything more that you, uh, you uh, uh, Washingtonians have to say, 
Well, I did want to remind everyone to visit us next week where we'll have the rebroadcast of our special guest, Nathan, Brother Nathan Tweedy uh, from the Baseball Hall of Fame and also the guest host, Most Worshipful Jim Mendoza, will be back on. So hopefully we don't have any technical difficulties across yeah. my fingers and we'll be able to have a good show next Monday. And then uh, Stephen mentioned that we wanted to maybe have a segment where we talked about where our grandmasters are going to be. And I was able to look up our grandmasters schedule. Looks like he's at a table lodge this evening in Richland. And then uh, he may be going to some lodge visits later this week. He has Grand Lodge of Montana on there, but I don't know if he's going to that or not uh, offhand. And so he's got a he's got a busy full week as most grandmasters do. The Grandmaster of British Columbia and Yukon will be at uh, Hyda Lodge, which is his mother lodge, on Wednesday, as they wanted to be the first lodge to receive him as their Grandmaster. So I will be at that, and if anyone watching wants to come and join me there, I would be happy to see all of you. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool, I'm sure. And if it wasn't a seven-hour trip, um, I might take you up on that, brother. Definitely. (laughs) And uh, is there anything more from, from our other... Uh, now, let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. Washington, uh, Master Mason? Yeah, the, um, the only thing I would add, is, is just going back to the topic of Grand Lodges, is at least here in Washington, in order to vote, you have to be a past master or a sitting officer. But anyone, any Master Mason can attend. And um, as we've all said, the, the, um, the social aspect and getting to see the other guys there is, is certainly at least half of the experience. And you can attend, you can attend the sessions and everything, and, and I highly encourage it. It's it's different before you can vote because, you know, you're not just paying attention to the resolutions and all that sort of stuff, but it's it's definitely worth going, especially if it's nearby. Yeah, and that was me this year. I didn't get a vote this year, but I still went. Mostly because I, I'm kind of ever so slightly obsessed with Freemasonry, just a little, you know, <laughs> just a tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that said, my brethren, uh, friends, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Working Tools Podcast. We really appreciate your support. What was that? And remember, review us, please. We really appreciate those reviews on YouTube. Yeah, hit the Definitely. thumbs up and subscribe. And uh, if uh, you have any ideas for topics that you want to see us discuss, please don't hesitate to send us a message or an email. And we will definitely look at uh, doing that in a future episode. Now, with that said, that's all from me. Steve, do you want to uh, close us off? Again, just thank you very much. Again, welcome, Matt. Uh, Matthew, we really appreciate uh, your energy and enthusiasm for the podcast and welcome you into your internship. And uh, now I do have one question. Do you know anything about baseball? Not much. Okay. Uh, well, we all have to do some research. Okay. Well, we'll just there, there is a high probability I'm not going to be on next week because my wife has this thing we like to go down to the Canada Day celebration downtown. I'm going to try, but no guarantee. I'm going to see if uh, most worshipful Doug Collins uh, can come on for that one because I'm pretty sure he knows a lot about baseball. Yeah, and most virtual Jim does as well. So we're, we'll, we'll be covered as far as moderation, I think. But, uh, uh, yeah, should be good. should be a good show. Baseball is a sport, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it's a whole team thing, you know, not just a one-guy thing. Yeah, right. 
Because right. well, I played I played Fallout Four, and there was uh, they were talking about baseball. How uh, in the times of old they used to take hickory bats and beat each other to a pulp, and whichever was the the stronger team would win. There was something <laughs> about balls too. I, I that's that correct. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Okay, so. Thanks again for watching. We appreciate the support and we'll see you all next week.